The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome in to On Texas Football. This is a special edition. Uh, we have uh, three of, in, or four of Inside Texas's finest, if I do include myself. Uh, Eric Nolene, uh, publisher of Inside Texas. Joe Cook, head beat reporter for uh, Inside Texas. And Ian Boyd. Uh, the guy with uh, that is the X's and O's master college football analyst as well for Inside Texas. And I'm a columnist for Inside Texas. And, uh, uh, you know, today's uh, piece is going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the past. We're going to have uh, a, a group talk and, and really discuss the team as opposed to just two people. And so uh, to do that, uh, we brought all four of them in. Uh, and uh, we're going to start with this question. And it's going to start with Eric. Eric, uh, and, and I really want everybody's feedback kind of and, and ask each other questions. How do you see in this game versus Oklahoma State, how do you see the Texas offense against the Oklahoma State defense? Um, I don't think it's going to come out of the gates quite as fast just because uh, Oklahoma State is so disciplined. Uh, they're also physical at the point of attack. Um, and they're going to they're gonna, uh, load up to stop the run and bring, bring pressure to stop the run from all over the place. And I think it might take Sarkeesian a little bit of time to actually figure that out. Now, I do think he's going to figure it out eventually. Um, Bijan's going to have to earn some tough yards uh, in the early going which will uh, continue to dictate uh, safeties and help from the, from the defensive backs. And once Sarkeesian gets a feeling for where they're coming, that's when I think they'll start hitting some deep shots. So I do think they'll come out a little bit slower than fans would like. Not that they're going to come out lethargic or, or uh, lackluster or listless. Uh, I think they are going to have plenty of energy. I just think that um, that, that Oklahoma State defense is, is pretty stout. Gotcha. Ian, what do you think about that? I – that all made a lot of sense to me. Oklahoma State does change up where they bring the help. Um, but I've noticed that Sark usually opens up throwing, and uh, he'll open up taking shots immediately on teams if he knows they're there. So um, it's, I think it's possible they will have a fast start, um, depending on how well he has them scouted and how closely what Oklahoma State does matches uh, what Sark anticipated. I'm sure Oklahoma State will try to give them something that Sark hasn't seen. They had an extra week to figure it out. So Eric may be right on that point. Um, if if Texas lands shots early, then I definitely don't think Oklahoma State's going to have a very nice day. Gotcha, Joe. You were you you uh, were at the uh, meeting with the uh, the reporters meeting with uh, Steve Sarkeesian today. Uh, you you have any thoughts about how he's approaching the game and, and what he's thinking of from an offensive standpoint and how they might fare against OSU on Saturday? Well, he, he mentioned a lot of the same things that Ian did and that it's an experienced defense that plays physical and plays tough. So those those yards on the ground are going to be tough to come by. And we've seen what Bijan Robinson is capable of doing uh, when the, the looks given to him by the offensive line aren't as clean. But the best path forward for this offense is to have those clean looks. And we'll see if that line can produce that, but kind of building off what both those, what both Eric and Ian said, 
we know what Bijan is capable of. We know what Xavier Worthy is capable of. So this game may come down to the shot plays. And if Casey Thompson can continue like he did against Oklahoma, hitting them downfield and making them pay in the back end. Eric, uh, Inside Texas um, was the first to report that, that, uh, oh, that uh, Texas was moving around the offensive line uh, in, the, in the week uh, leading up to Oklahoma State after uh, uh, a somewhat disappointing at times performance on, uh, against OU. Any thoughts on why they did that or how that might affect the outcome on Saturday? Yeah, we actually on Inside Texas we got tipped by one of our uh, insiders. We don't we don't have any fake insiders on our site. So when I saw that uh, Hooker Horns was posting on a, uh, about the offensive line, I immediately got on the phone and he uh, he beat me to the punch on that. So credit to him. Uh, but yeah, you know obviously Denzel Okafor got hurt and, and uh, that 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 uh, motivated the shift to to bring out Carrick out to the right tackle and Kerstetter to guard. I just don't think that they were getting the kind of push that they wanted to up front. Uh, and a lot of those uh, those yards that that Bijan were getting were a lot of uh, self-made. So I, I think that they want more heft in, in the interior. Uh, Tope Amade is the biggest guy in the program. Um, and then you could put by putting him out there, you've get you've got Kerstetter back in his uh, most comfortable position uh, pretty much in his entire tenure at Texas. Is, he's been most comfortable at, at right tackle. There's been the experimentation with him at guard. Uh, he played a full season at center. Uh, but his best football, his most consistent football has probably played at right tackle. Yeah, Ian, I, I know you and I talked uh, earlier this week and you were talking about the outside zone concept. And I know Eric's a big fan of that as well. And, and what Texas has done moving Kerstetter back out at tackle. Do you think that helps or do you think it may, may do more inside zone now or. Um, Kerstetter and Karich are both good outside. They're both they move quickly. They know what they're doing. They've been running that for a while. Um, Imade inside potentially helps in the power game or the inside zone duo game, just having more heft, as, as Eric put it, pushing downhill. Um, I don't know. I, we haven't seen Tope in the outside zone scheme as much. I, I'm sure that he's repped it. I'm sure he's competent in it. It'd be, it'd be interesting if they just kind of changed the line every week based on what they wanted to run. <laughs> I think teams would kind of figure that out. I, I asked about him on the move in uh, August uh, because obviously, you know, you, you care about that for gap schemes. And then, you know, there's some carryover to, to being able to move as a puller as to be able to move an outside zone. And they said he did surprisingly well. He kind of does a good job of getting his eyes on the defender and getting his hands on the defender after that. Uh, and uh, in fact, I had actually heard that he was a little bit better than Denzel Okafor as a puller. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I, I'm a bit skeptical of that, uh, but we have heard it. And so there's a little room for optimism as far as Amade on the move. And, Joe, and did Sark say, yeah, Joe, did Sark say anything specific about the offensive line this week? Yeah, he, he mentioned today that it, this is going to be uh, Imade's turn. Him and Hayden Connor kind of been going back and forth at that right guard spot with, with Junior Angulau, uh repping at left guard. Uh, but kind of going back to Eric's point, remember, Tope Imade, he played a lot of tackle, I think, in the spring and even uh, during some of preseason camp. So it's someone that they, they thought, at least against their own team, had – the ability to hold up out there with hit with that level of quickness at his size. So uh, maybe that's something he can continue to, to replicate at the guard position without having to use that quickness too much against some of the Oklahoma state defensive ends. And instead of their defensive tackles. On the other hand, he wasn't the next guy up. So there's something, there's something there that is uh, there's some kind of hole there unless he's, you know, flipped a switch and is, 
six yeah. weeks of yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an odd pairing. His strengths are basically the opposite of Jake Major's strengths. You know, where Angelo's a little bit he's, – he's, he can do pretty much any concept. You've got Amade, who's definitely more of a drive blocker, and then you've got Jake Majors, who's, who's probably better uh, working laterally and on the move. So it's a it's a kind of a odd pairing. We saw a lot of this at the end of Mac Brown guy, uh, era where we just put five guys out there. They all did different things well or poorly. Uh, so we'll see how it looks. I'm a bit skeptical, but, I mean, I'm also curious to see how it goes as well. Now the heft against that Oklahoma State defense might come in line, uh, come in, come in handy because that's a physically mature defensive line. If you watch them versus Baylor, they're pushing people around. Uh, the Antoine guy is very strong. Uh, they're pretty strong up front. It, you know, the question I have uh, when you start moving Amade in there is, I, I always thought he was not the best in pass protection. Um, but you know, is Carrich better than than Kerstetter at pass protection? Is that is that kind of the trade off at some level? Uh, for Texas in this game? Yeah, it could be. I mean, he doesn't have the quickest feet moving backwards. So that's, you know, um, he, he doesn't recover well from quickness. Uh, and so that's something to watch. But I, I think uh, they don't have exceptional athletes up front at uh, Oklahoma State. They do have a lot of strong guys that play very hard with motor. Uh, and I think he can, uh, you know, this would be a better match for him going up against Oak State, surely, than last week versus Oklahoma. Or versus, uh, Oklahoma. Joe, did uh, Joe did uh, Sark say anything in particular about any one player for Oklahoma State that they wanted to watch on defense or that they were particularly impressed with? Uh, not particularly. He was even asked straight up about Malcolm Rodriguez, their their middle linebacker, I think number twenty, uh, and he he didn't give much much lip service to to any individual player. He he just talked about the entire unit and how kind of the same things we've been saying physical. Uh, mature, you know, benefit from all these guys being in a strength and conditioning program for four years and in Mike Gundy's culture. So uh, not, not no real specific mentions, but just praise to the overall unit. Gotcha. Uh, Ian, you know, as we talk about this, is there, and, and you've studied them now a little bit more in depth, is there anybody that you're uh, particularly interested to see how they fare for, for Oklahoma State against Texas or where uh, you think that Oklahoma State might be able to get something done against Texas? Well, the one that they would be concerned about probably is their play their corners, uh, Jarek Bernard and Christian Holmes against uh, Xavier Worthy. And then um, I don't know. I'm sure. Te I'm sure Sark will move Joshua Moore and Worthy inside if that's where he feels like the shots can be taken. Two out of their three safeties are 210 plus pounds, and uh, like to play flat-footed against the run. So there's going to be some one-on-one -on -one matchups for the receivers going down the field that are going to be pretty huge. As far as for Texas to worry about, uh, they do get Brock Martin back this week, I believe, their edge player. And uh, they'll move him all over the place. They'll put him on the edge. They'll also put him inside in a couple different alignments and have him blitz inside like a de facto three technique who, who plays standing up across from the center of the guard. So if they think that uh, Imade is going to be slow-footed, maybe they just park Brock Martin across from him and have him give him a two-way go on Tope Imad. So um, that could be something to watch out for for Texas. The, they've been able to get their shots off because they run so much play action, and it's hard to, it's hard to beat play action around the edge. Um, but if uh, Oklahoma State can get the quick inside pressure, um, then – it doesn't matter if Casey's timing is good or not. Maybe they won't be able to get their shots off after all. Yeah, we talked about this. Uh, Oklahoma State has the best third down defense, I think, in the Big 12. 
Uh, and a lot of that is because they, they do a really nice job on first and second down and, and making, putting teams into third and long situations. Um, let, let's flip this though. I think we got a good, good, everybody's got a good handle on what to expect from the Texas offense or what they hope to see. Let's flip this a little bit and, and talk about the Texas D uh, and how they might perform against Spencer Sanders, Jalen Warren, and, the, and that Cowboys offense. Uh, from talking with Sark, Joe, uh, any particular thoughts on, on what he was concentrating with the team on this week? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's being wary of Spencer Sanders. I think he knows that he's a very big boomer bust player, but there's a lot of you know, potential for boom against this secondary. A lot of what he talked about, though, was kind of in-house, about being able to tackle. He spoke about playing physic- with physicality, but there's not much good in playing with physicality if you're not getting them, getting them to the ground. Basically, he just identified everything we saw as issues against Oklahoma. That's what they need to work on against Oklahoma State, keeping Spencer Sanders in the pocket, uh, not allowing the off-schedule plays that Caleb Williams excelled at to play out uh, with with Spencer Sanders and with Oklahoma State. He didn't really mention Jalen Warren that much, but when a guy gets the ball almost 100 times in three games, I think everybody knows what to look for. So the uh, I, I, I've kind of thought that this would be a running shootout. Um, Lincoln Riley and Doug Meacham kind of realized that in order to try and win the game, they needed to run the ball. Uh, Lincoln Riley had enough time. Doug Meacham didn't. And I bet Mike Gundy's probably going to be in a similar situation. He's going to think that Jalen Warren's his path toward winning that football game. So it's going to be up to the Texas defensive line and, and uh, front defensive front to prove that they can actually stop the run. Yeah, I, I think that I, I agree with that. Uh, you mentioned Doug Meacham, the offensive coordinator, obviously, at the TCU. Eric, that, that's kind of my thought process on this. It, it just feels like TCU and, and Oklahoma State are, are similarly situated, right? They both have third-year starting quarterbacks. They both have some good, good talent on offense. Uh, they have a smart defense, uh, hard-playing defense. Um, you know, if you're the Texas defense coordinator, Pete Kwiatkowski, how, how do you really try to go at it this week with, with your guys? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I don't have the, the same concerns over Oklahoma State perso- personnel as maybe some others. I'm much more concerned about what Gundy has worked up uh, to break tendencies. I think the guys are going to hit the run fits well this week. I don't think Oklahoma State is going to be able to – or uh, Oklahoma State's not going to be able to get the blocks up front that uh, Oklahoma did. I just don't see that happening. And I think if the guys tackle well, uh, I don't think that Oklahoma State's going to be all that successful, at least not for, for prolonged stretches. I am somewhat worried about Sanders' legs. Uh, I've liked that guy since he was a junior in high school, been, been high on him, but I don't see the improvement in, in decision-making to routinely make the, the plays downfield that he'll need, he, he'll need to make. Uh, I'm not quite as high on that running back that they've had. I think he's getting the carries just because he's, uh, you know, one of the last guys standing. They've had a lot of injuries at the position. Uh, yeah, you know, the wide receiver that they have is dangerous and Texas has done poorly on, on 50, 50 balls and he can go up and get those for sure. He has length to do it. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not, I have a lot of respect for Gundy. Uh, but I don't like his personnel matchup versus the Texas personnel matchup. And I know that's probably crazy to say 
after uh, what we just saw versus Texas and uh, Oklahoma. Got it. Um, Ian, you have anything to, to comment about that? I agree with Eric. Um, I think Oklahoma State has been a little bit boomer bust as an entire offense this year. I know Jalen Warren has had some some big games, like 30 carries, 140 yards or whatever. But a lot of times they'll just pick them up in chunks. Um, Gundy is really good at getting an athlete in space, and then you only need to make four or five plays over the course of a game to win a defensive game, which his defense has been setting up. And overall, I, I just think this is a bad matchup for Oklahoma State. I'm wary of counting Gundy out off by week, but um, I think Texas's defensive tackles are kind of a bad matchup here for Oklahoma State. Um, it's hard to run zone against Coburn and Sweat and Ojimo as long as the ends do a lot cleaner job on the edges and don't let Sanders loose. Um, also, the, the tackling issue is really interesting to me. It feels like um, B.J. Foster is the guy that they usually position closest to the action. And uh, hypothetically, he could be very good at it, but he's absolutely a, I'm going to try to kill you if you go down, great, if not, oops, kind of player. And um, I don't know. Some of that was taught to him by a previous defensive staff, and some of that it's like this is two defensive staffs in a row now that are trying to get him to not do that. And I just, I just wonder at some point if he cleans it up or is replaced, you know? Interesting. Um, the, the, you know, I'm just thinking this through here. Um, so keep the ideal game plan is keep Spencer Sanders corralled for, for lack of a better term, somewhat like what Texas did with Max Duggan. Is that what uh, you guys think, uh, Eric and, and Ian? Yes, absolutely. Keep him in the pocket. Okay. Got it. Um, and then on Texas's offense, try to get big plays, try to establish the run first, which way do they go that way? Cause I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing different thoughts kind of from different people and well, maybe it's a I, mix of both. I don't know. My concern is, uh, I, you know, I voiced my concern, but Ian is probably uh, what he said to combat that concern is probably what they'll do and, and what they should do. You know, if they come out and try to run the ball and, and struggle on first and second down, and we saw that earlier in the season where they weren't great on first and second down, that can be a recipe for a prolonged game. Uh, but if they come out and throw the ball to open up the run, then, then, then the route is probably going to be on. Yeah, I mean, first game, first play of the game against OU is just a bubble to, to Xavier Worthy for 75 yards. Just do that every time, and it always yeah. works, right? Exactly. I, mean, I cannot that, believe. I cannot if, if, Greg believe. Davis, if Greg Davis would have called that play, everybody would have lost their mind. <laughs> he didn't but, have Xavier Worthy too often. That's true. That's keep, true. keep in mind, that play was opened up by Marcus Washington, who has been starting yeah. and, and got the start uh, against Oklahoma and been blocking really well. So if he can could, step up, especially a, with Jordan Whittington out, that's another big player right there for Texas. That could be a, that could be a quiet key this week. He's probably going to play a lot more in the slot, and that's going to help perimeter blocking some. That's interesting. I, I uh, one more one more thought before we go to the actual picks. We've got all, I've got all y'all's picks in in here, and uh, I'm going to say mine first. And I I am still going to lean on that TCU comparison, despite Eric and Ian trying to fight me on it a little bit. I just feel like it's a very very similar team. Uh, I will say that that uh, uh, despite Jalen Warren being, I think, a good solid back, he's not Zach Evans. Uh, Quentin Johnson went out. In a lot of ways. Yeah, 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 in a lot of ways, right. He, and, and Quentin Johnson went out in the second quarter, so he was never really a big factor uh, for TCU. 
but I'm going, my pick is going to be 30 to 27, uh, Texas. I think it's going to be a little bit of a barn burner. <laughs> I see Eric, I see Eric shaking his head. I love it. Um, but long story short, I feel like it's going to be probably a little tighter. And just because you shook your head, you're going next, Mr. Nail. Uh, <laughs> Eric, what do you got, man? Well, I mean, uh, you know, Texas should have blown out TCU. So if you see the similarities there, they play a cleaner game, then it's probably should be, uh, you know, a bigger disparity than 30-27. Now, while he's not Zach Evans, he's going to get more than 15 carries. So he has that going for, for him in his favor. Yeah, I just don't think it's uh, – I, I just don't think it's a great matchup for Oklahoma State personnel-wise. I do think it's a tough nut to crack that defense just because they play so well, play so disciplined and, and soundly. Um, I'm predicting 41-28, which is a high score uh, given what I said about that defense. However – uh, once you break a team's will, you can stack up points in a couple different ways. Uh, and I think Texas has the playmakers on offense to do that. Um, and I think that removing Whittington might actually help the downfield game a little bit. They won't be so reliant. They'll probably force the big ball, the deep ball. And if Casey hits a couple of those, then it's going to be good night. Gotcha. Uh, Joe, let's go with you next. Uh, I, I've said this a lot. I based a lot of my game predictions on my season predictions. And I was at nine and three, and I did not see this one being a loss. And I still don't, especially with, uh, what we've seen from the Oklahoma State offense and also the, the, the Texas offense in recent weeks. So I'm going 38-30. I think, like I mentioned earlier, it might be a, a running shootout, which is why it may not cross that 50-point threshold. But 38-30 uh, Texas is where I'm going. Got it. Ian, what do you got, bud? I don't remember what I said a minute ago, but <laughs> I, I think 40-24 to 24 is, uh, is what I said. I think that's about the range. It's pretty similar to what Joe and Eric are saying. I think, uh, I think Texas will score. I don't know if y'all noticed Xavier worthy is leading the big 12 and uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. He might be the best deep threat in the big 12 this year. You add that consistently. We don't know if it'll be there consistently, but if it's there consistently with Bijan Robinson, Texas is going to be scoring 30, 40 points easy every remaining week. Uh, the, cr the crazy thing about that worthy status, he had that poor game where he left a lot of yards on the field. Like, a, you know, I don't know how many yards he left on the field. It had to be 150 50 yards. So I had probably more than what I'm saying exactly. So they're getting him open. Uh, you're going to have to devote people to that, and that's going to make life a lot easier for Bijan. That's what we were talking about coming into the season is that what, what had to happen, use worthy to open up Bijan and vice versa. Yeah, I, I just – whenever somebody talks about that, I have – I may have PTSD from Tom Herman right? Because you start talking about throwing on early downs and all I remember is, you know, power run to second and eight, power run to second and six or third and six. And then, you know, an out that is either completed or not. And so yeah. it hurt you anymore, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All gas, no brakes ran over turtle Tom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. I just, I just have that. I mean, that replaying in my mind over and over. I want to add before we go, and I think it's, it was great talking to all of you guys at the same time to kind of hear the different uh, viewpoints. Any thoughts on how special teams might play into this game? Anybody oh, want man. to take that? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I mean, well, I imagine I haven't, I, I don't know the numbers on Oklahoma State on special teams. And special teams is always hard to get a handle on because there's so many different units that do different things. Um, what I'm saying is Texas needs to quit shooting itself in the foot while still making big plays. And if they do that consistently, now, I love the, I love the aggressiveness. It's going to open up things long term. Uh, but you still have to play smart on special teams. If they quit making those mistakes, that was another mistake in that TCU uh, game was that long return that they allowed and, and basically gave them a free touchdown. They've given up a lot of points. They've scored a lot of points, it's, but it's almost balancing out. Get it to where you're playing soundly and it works, you know, 90% in your favor. 
Uh, that's probably going to take a little more time, but Jeff Banks is, is going to do it. We, we, you know, it's definitely been the most exciting year on special teams we've seen in a long time, uh, but that excitement's not always worked in UT's favor. Gotcha. Ian or Joe, y'all have anything you want to add? Well, you know, this was a uh, Texas blows out Oklahoma state the last time they were in Austin, if they hadn't uh, made so many gaffes on special teams. I don't know if y'all remember that I happened to be in the building for it. Um, and they like muffed a couple punts. They let a couple roll like 50 yards. I can't remember all the different snafus, but, uh, and then there's the other one in the Charlie strong game where they, everyone blamed the officials, not unfairly, but, um, Michael Dixon, before he was the punter, shanked a punt, kicked it like five yards and gave Oklahoma state the game winning field goal. So some of the, yeah, he, some, dropped, he, he dropped one too, right? Yeah. He dropped, that's the play. He dropped the uh, yeah. snap, right? Yeah, yeah I don't, it, it was a that game was a blur. Now I'm, now I'm getting now I'm getting PTSD. That game, <laughs> that game will always haunt me. This game has often been close because of bad special teams by Texas. So if they could just flip that script, you know, maybe that's all it takes. I will, I will say this, you know, one thing that we we talk about what does Mike Gundy have in store for Texas after an off week, and we talked about offense and maybe what they might do a little different to to break tendency. Same with defense. Uh, he might have something in store for, for special teams as well. So, um, all right, guys, I appreciate it very much. This has been on Texas football, a special edition with the crew of inside Texas, uh, trying to give you the score predictions, uh, as always inside Texas.com uh, is your source, uh, for Texas Longhorns football and recruiting. As you guys know, if you're a big Texas Longhorn fan, it is a huge recruiting weekend ahead. Uh, we have some special coverage lined up for you. Uh, Eric's been, uh, on top of that from, I guess, uh, uh, almost a couple months now since they announced the October 16th date is a big date for uh, recruiting. Arch Manning is coming in. Uh, but uh, for Eric, Joe, and Ian, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.